Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody? Gibbs here with number 444 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's Fiona Apple with Extraordinary Machine. Extraordinary Machine was Fiona Apple's third studio album. It was released on October 3rd of 2005, recorded June of 2002 through August of 2005. The genre of the album is art pop. It was released on the Epic and Clean Slate label and was produced by Mike Elizondo, Brian Cahu, and John Brion. The... Album contained 12 tracks, with four of them being released as singles, that being O Sailor, Parting Gift, Not About Love, and Get Him Back. The album was originally slated to be released in 2003, but was delayed several times by the record labels without any explanation. This would lead to speculation that Maybe there was a dispute over how much of a commercial appeal this album would have. This probably reasonably so, as art pop isn't really a genre that you hear a lot of. And in general, this album just didn't feel like it's time here in 2005. But I'll get to how it felt and stuff a little more later. Extraordinary Machine was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Pop Vocal Album in 2006. I don't think it won, though. And as well as being on the Rolling Stone Top 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list, it also made Rolling Stone's Top Albums of the 2000s, ranking it at 49. Before beginning the recording process of this album, Fiona Apple actually took a little hiatus, and during that time, she was contemplating retiring from music altogether and not even putting out another album past her first two. It would actually be one of the producers, John Brown, who would practically beg Fiona Apple to make another album because he needed work that could save him, in his words. And so Apple agreed and then John Brown went to Apple's label, Epic Records, and wanted strict stipulations on the album that included a no deadline for when the album was to complete, and the label eventually agreed to it, and they started work on it in 2002. Upon release, critics were rather split by this album with some in favor of the album and some looking down on the album. At year end, Extraordinary Machine was ranked on a lot of top lists for the year, including being ranked number one on the list of Entertainment Weekly, The New York Times, and Slant Magazine, and was ranked within the top five of The Village Voice, Blender Magazine, and Rolling Stone, and included in the top 10 in the Los Angeles Times and Spin magazine. But as I said, not everyone was a fan of the album, with people from Stylus magazine describing it as a 
disappointing listen, and Spin Magazine would state that it had kind of been done, and didn't feel like Apple had really reached outside of her comfort zone at all. And a writer at Pitchfork also not a big fan of the album, saying the shame of it all is that Apple, after six years of silence, could have made a more definitive, progressive statement rather than something familiar and similar, and we've got the bootlegs to prove it because they were one of the first publications that were kind of starting to get some of the leaked recordings as to what the album was going to be prior to its release. Chart-wise, this album peaked at number 7 on the U.S. Billboard 200, number 3 on the U.S. Billboard Top Internet Albums, because as of this point we are streaming albums, so things like that are starting to be taken into account, and number 1 on the Billboard Top Digital Albums. It also made an appearance on charts outside of the U.S., but didn't really see the same kind of success as in uh, Australian Album chart saw it peaking at number 53, while a French album's chart saw it peaking at 61. Certification-wise, it looks like it really only sold well here in the U.S., being certified platinum. So now for what I thought of the album. Although I agree with some of the critics that this album had a lot of the same similar things on it, it does have also things that do change up the style, and you do get different, almost feels for different songs, as the title track almost had a cartoony sound to me, and I think that's mainly due to the instrumentation on it, because you kind of get that bum ba dum ba dum ba da da dum and so it kind of gave it more of a cartoon vibe to me, like an old cartoon vibe with her singing over top of it, and just kind of a whimsical feel. And that's not really meant as a good or bad critique, Mark, as I didn't mind it, but that's just kind of the vibe that that track happened to give off to me, which the whole album gave me an older vibe. You could definitely tell, which I'm not really familiar with a lot of Fiona Apple's other works or what kind of style approach she takes is for those but she definitely had an older feel and approaches this album as a very mature older sounding artist and I think that helps with her deeper voice range she has more of that alto range and almost like a spoken word melody through most of these songs as she is singing them. And there is a vocal melody there, but it, it seems more spoken word. And I think that's because it's in the lower registries. And she does flex her range on certain tracks. She does get up in those high registries, but you can tell that's almost a little bit of a stretch for her as it just... It sounded like she was about to squeak out. I don't know how to really describe that, but she you could tell she was reaching her breaking point range-wise with some of the different oohs or something she would add into the song that would be a higher-pitched tone. 
I like that even she recognizes her, you can call it an old soul approach to making this album as the second track, which was one of the singles, I believe, Get Him Back, it ends and you get that old kind of fuzz record noise that you would get at the end of a record where it just kind of, you get the fuzz playing before it eventually kicks out and you have to flip the record over. And I like that uh, approach on it and thought that it was a nice call that she realized that even though it's 2005, she was maybe meant for a different generation of music, a different time, and giving a little call back to those before her. So she would do things like that, that you knew very old school sounding, old soul sounding, as I would say. But then she would also do these kind of almost newer age sounds that you hear maybe not so much at that time, but definitely today is it kind of made me wonder there's a track called Timps on it and it and then there was one other track and I can't quite remember the name of it I think it was not about love maybe that had a newer feel to it and I kind of wondered if an artist like Billie Eilish maybe got some inspiration from something like Fiona Apple was doing as Billie Eilish is also one of those lower-toned, alto-range vocalists, and some of the music things that they did in the tracks like Timps and I think it was Not About Love, they were kind of that newer, and I don't know exactly how to explain it, but the different sound effects used in those tracks kind of made me think that Maybe, even though I couldn't find it directly, maybe Billie Eilish sees Fiona Apple as someone to draw inspiration on. Although she did it in a more poppy manner, I would feel like, where this is more of a traditional feel with some newer elements sprinkled into it. So I've talked about her style approach, about how... It is more of a traditional, older soul kind of feel. And that is very good on this album. But sometimes I felt like it was... I, I agree with the critics sometimes that maybe it was too safe. As some of the lyrical content that she would be singing about didn't really match her vocal style for that song. And... That just came off as kind of odd to me, as during a track like Parting Gift, where she is singing some uh, lyrics that would maybe require more emotion behind them and come off delivered better if they had that emotion behind them, and she just lacked that. I don't know if maybe... I feel like that's probably just not her style, I would think maybe she'd be capable of adding a little more emotion, but that's where I felt like her old school approach for her vocals kind of did make it a ho-hum kind of album for me because something like that track could be made way better 
if she added a little more emotion to it. And I found later in the album she would kind of creep on that edge of getting a little more emotional with things. And those were the tracks that I tended to gravitate more. The second half of the album, I feel, was definitely better than the first half because the first half you didn't get a lot of style change or anything like that anything different with her vocals where it seemed as the end of the album maybe she started to explore a little more and coming out of her comfort zone on some of those tracks which made a track like window Probably my favorite track on this album, as she did give a little more emotion in that track, and overall the band arrangement was just way more complex on that album. I felt like the drum fills, the bass line, the horn section, everything just seemed elevated on that track, and that was really a track that I felt did a good job of bouncing Fiona Apple's talent and vocals and the talent of the band that they chose on this recording. So Window is definitely my favorite track on the album, but Red 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 was probably the most beautiful track on the album. It was a much slower paced song and just, as I said, a beautiful instrumentation. Her vocals did very well on it. Her vocal style fit the track very well and Apple said that she was inspired by a book of optical illusions and that's what led to the creation of Red Red Red. The last track I want to talk about which I've already brought this track up a few times without really diving into it too much is Not About Love which was one of the singles released on the album and I felt like this was her stepping out of the comfort zone song as it displayed multiple tempo changes throughout the song and she even gets to more of a, I don't want to call it a rap because it wasn't quite a rap, but it's more of a hip hop styled vocal melody change in the middle of the song which I just felt was a good way to expand her range a little more and give something different on the album. I wish more of the album would have had little different elements like that in it. So now for the always kind of hard part of slotting these in where I feel that they should be. And it is going to move back a little bit for me, but not too much because one, I appreciate that she was doing something that at the time not a lot of people were doing, giving a nod back to a different time in music and putting something out there that maybe wasn't the most popular at the time. And I really appreciate that just because something different always makes you stand out a little bit. But also I'm seeing that Outside of the U.S., this album wasn't that popular. And even in the U.S., not super popular. I mean, you would think I hold a little higher expectation on albums that were released during the digital download age. Just because it's so easy to access that music. 
and so easy to get your hands on an artist's new release now. I mean, I can release something and put it out there for people to download. It's a very easy time to access music from artists, so I hold a little more expectation to newer artists just because your numbers should be blowing the older bands out of the water just for the fact that we don't have to physically print a copy of a record or tape or CD or whatever these older artists might have released on. You don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to physically go find somewhere, buy this album, and bring it home. You can sit at home and as long as you have access to the internet, which a lot of people do now, you can get a hold of this album. So I do hold a little higher standard in there for the newer artists. So after kind of taking everything into account here, I think I'm going to move this one down to 457 for the time being, which is just under Sinead O'Connor's album because I feel like after listening to this one, I felt kind of the same way I felt after listening to Sinead O'Connor's album. It was something different, maybe not necessarily popular all over the place, and that's my reasoning for slotting it in there for the time being, which I could be wrong. You always have the opportunity to let me know your thoughts and opinions on these matters, you can reach me, the Rolling Review, at yahoo.com. Going over to Facebook and searching at the Rolling Review, where you can like the fan page and leave comments there, see updated versions of the list. Going over on Instagram, liking there, where I have been kind of leaving my notes. So if you're listening and you want to read back through my notes, you can quickly do that without having to re listen to the whole podcast. Next time, at 443, we have David Bowie with Scary Monsters. Until then, I'm Gibbs. This is The Rolling Review. Stay safe and be kind.